what's really scary when you really know how to analyze deals and you know how those numbers work is like you said, just a small tweak. Uh, and we're talking really small changes in one or two variables. Like you just said, man, I, that can make the whole difference. I do want to clarify that not everyone's purposely trying no, to manipulate either. Sometimes they don't have that much experience being syndicators. Mm -hmm. They may have started a year ago. They might actually own none of their own rental properties, which is extremely common among syndicators. They might've gone to a course and they learned some how to be syndicators and they didn't have real life experience and they're building these complex calculators. They can make mistakes too. So this just reinforces that if you're going to be a passive investor, make sure you go with somebody with a long track record, ideally somebody who owns their own properties, and then make sure that you have the knowledge to be able to check their assumptions, ideally from owning your own properties, because that's the way that you truly are able to look at them and say there are issues. This episode is sponsored by our brand new course called Fast Fire Bookkeeping for Real Estate Investors. Do you have a pile of receipts and a bunch of statements that are stacking up in your office and the pile isn't getting any smaller? Are your rental properties getting you closer to financial freedom? Do you even know how your properties are performing? Well, the answer to your problem is doing your books the right way, and that's what our course is about. We'll teach you how to set up your books the right way, not just for tax time, but also so you can unlock the insights that will help you maximize your cash flow. For more information or to sign up, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash fastfire bookkeeping. Have you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth, Short-Term Rental Blueprint, will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str hyphen course. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Welcome to another episode of the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast. Today, Kenji and I are going to be talking about the truth about investing in real estate syndications. And this is a really fun topic for us because we've actually led syndications as well as owned our own properties, as many of you know. And uh, we really wanted to talk about some of the things that people maybe don't necessarily know about real estate syndications coming from people who've actually led them. Yeah. And so like, before we get started, let's talk about what is a real estate syndication, because if you're listening to this, maybe you haven't heard of real estate syndications. So a syndication is where you pull together money to buy a real estate asset. And oftentimes these syndications are led by general partners, also known as deal sponsors. Uh, and they're going to go out and find the property. They're going to raise money from passive investors or limited partners, and then they're going to buy the property and operate it. And the idea is that everybody makes money from it. 
Yeah. And so we would just want to delineate the people who are running the property. Those are active investors and the people who are investing as limited partners. Those are passive investors. And so the passive investors are coming in. They vet the active investors. They give them some chunk of money. Usually it's like the $50,000 to $100,000 range. And then they don't have to do anything after that point. They sit back, they collect the cash cash flow, and then they can potentially get a piece of those uh, tax savings as well. Now, whether you're a general partner listening to this or you're a, a passive investor, this podcast episode is really for both audiences, but I think there's going to be more of an emphasis on people who are investing passively in these uh, in these syndications. And, and really, we wanted to make sure that you understood the truth behind these syndications, because, you know, when you're leading one of these syndications, you know, your goal is to raise money. And so uh, I, I think you're going to get oftentimes what we see is that people get a one-sided view of these syndications. And we wanted to make sure that you hear both sides. Yeah, it's because you're being um, solicited to give money. And so you're only hearing from the general partners about the deal. And we as real estate investors, we've been on the active side and and also as GPs, we've been on the active side. So we know that side too. And so we wanted to make sure that we talked about some of the realities of what it means to be a passive investor in a, in a syndication and make sure that people are really well informed because we know the truth. All right. Well, let's talk about truth number one. And for me, this one is, it's really, I think it's a bit of a conflict when somebody is selling you on the benefits of passive investing, because the people who are selling you on this benefit, they're on the active side of things. So they're really telling you things like, you know, invest without becoming a landlord. You know, you don't want to deal with all the hassles of rental properties, you know, but the truth is, you know, since they're on the active side of things, they're the ones who are choosing to deal with all those hassles. And you have to ask yourself the question, well, why is that? You know, what's the benefit for them? Why are they telling me that I should be passive when they're on the active side of things? And the answer is, I mean, we all know the benefits of being on the active side, right? The returns are incredible. Um, you know, you've got the cash flow, of course, which you're getting a portion of if you're a limited partner, if you're a passive investor, you're getting a portion of that cash flow, but you're also paying a ton in fees, right? But then there's also the benefit of the tax benefits. And then you're getting a piece of that forced appreciation and a piece of that equity pay down. So as the general partner, you're actually making a lot of money, the same money that we as active investors are making on our active, the rentals that we own. And that's why we own rentals, because we can make so much money. Yeah. So that takes us to truth number two, which is that syndicators or these general partners, you know, they they make on average, seven to 10 times what passive investors make. And that's just an average. In some cases, they get much higher returns. And also, even in other cases, uh, they make infinite returns. And by that, I mean, they put no money into the deal and they still make money. Uh, and they make a lot of money. And that's why the return is infinite. And that's why actually we've been in uh, syndicator training programs where we've heard, you know, people saying to the syndicators, you're going to get into a retire in five years off of the money off of these syndications because the returns are so amazing. Now, whether or not that's fair to make that much return, you know, we can't comment on. They are doing the bulk of the work. Well, actually, really all of the work, right? They're raising money. They're going out and finding the deal. They're securing the deal and negotiating 
a deal. They're managing the property managers. All of that is an amount of work that they are responsible for. And so whether or not they deserve seven to 10 X, what the passive investors make is ultimately for you to decide as a passive investor, is it worth it for you to not have to do any of that work to pay that fee? Um, but you know, that's, that is the reality of what is going on here. Yeah. And sometimes you, know, you want to make sure that you look at the general partner and how much money they're putting into the deal. We call it skin in the game. And so the question is, you know, do they risk any of their own money? Uh, because ultimately that's going to give you a sense of like, okay, how committed they are, are they, are they just making these infinite returns and not putting any of their own money into the deal? Um, also, if they're risking their own money, then they're more likely to take care of the deal, make sure that the deal is a success. Now we've seen also a lot of situations where a GP is saying, well, I'm putting some of my money into it, but what they're really doing is they're taking the money that you're paying them for the acquisition fee and they're letting it ride in the deal. And it's not like they're coming to the table with any of their own money. And so that's also another thing you might want to clarify is how much of their money they're actually putting in. Now, I mentioned that we've been, uh, we've actually led syndications as GPs. And one of the things that we did was we actually did a tick syndication where we did a tenants in common. And in that tenants in common, we brought in actually and bought a third of the property ourselves. So a lot of our own money was going into that property. So that's going to give the limited partners some real significant sense of uh, that we're going to show up and take care of and make sure the property really performs well because it has so much of our own money in it. So I'd encourage you to really look at if they're saying that they're putting their own money in it, where that is actually coming from. All right, let's talk about truth number three, which is all along the same lines, which is that the syndicators are often telling you that, you know, this is this is a way for you to get rich. Um, but ultimately, if you really look at it, this is not a great way for you to get rich. It's a it's a it's a way for you to get rich slowly. It's not going to be a great way for you to get rich quickly. Uh, it's actually the opposite. The syndicator or the general partner and a lot of these training programs for syndicators, they're they're actually telling the syndicators, yeah, if you syndicate a deal, you can retire in five years. I have not seen many syndications, uh, or I, I don't know of any actually, who who are telling the passive investors that they're going to retire in five years. And the re reason is simply, you know, these syndications. As a passive investor, they're not going to make you rich. It, all you have to do is look at the returns, right? The average of returns for a lot of these syndications are 10 to 15%. It's a little bit better than what you can do with index funds. Uh, and so just like index funds, it's going to take time for you to grow your wealth. Uh, and therefore, maybe if you do this over a, over a lifetime, you know, by the end, it will make you rich. Yeah, I think the other and really important thing is that it, syndications are really great diversification play. If you only are investing in index funds and you want to get into real estate and you're absolutely committed to not doing any of the work of the day-to-day -day management or picking the deal or any of that sort of work, maybe um, this is one way that you would get into real estate when you wouldn't normally. And I think that that's the way I would look at this rather than, hey, I'm going to invest in a syndication or two and I'm going to get wealthy from it. It's just not going to happen. Truth number four is that you cannot shelter active income when you are a passive investor. I can't tell you how many times I see in ads people selling you on this idea that you're going to be able to shelter your active income. And by active income, we're talking W-2 or 1099 income. You know, this is income from your job. And of course, you'd love it if you could shelter your W-2 income and not pay any taxes on that W-2 income. But at the end of the day, the only way you can get that benefit is if you're active with your real estate investing, if you own your own rental properties, 
And remember, syndicators are selling you on the benefits of passive investing. So why would they even suggest that you can shelter active income if, if all you're doing is passive investing and you're not actually owning your own rental properties? Yeah, well, you can tell that we really don't like false advertising yeah. at all. And so that's that's how we feel about this. If you're a syndicator who has passive investors and you're indicating that they might be able to save an active income, that's not necessarily true. Now, the one exception to this is if you have real estate professional status because you own your own properties, some CPAs will tell you that you can also group in the syndications where you're a passive investor. And then across your portfolio, you're meeting criteria for real estate professional, right? 50% of your more than 50% of your time is spent in real estate, more than 750 hours a year. And at least 500 hours of the year are on your own properties where you're materially participating, but you just happen to group in those syndications that you can use any losses that you you're getting from those syndications and make them active losses. So that is the one kind of outlying example of when you could use syndication losses to shelter active income. But like Kenji said, 99% of the time people are not in that situation because they want to be passive investors in the syndication. And they're only getting passive losses, not not active losses. Now, I did want to mention that we aren't CPAs here. Yeah. but and, and, and it is important to really check with your CPA about this because uh, if you do own your rental properties, there may be a situation or there may be a C CPA out there who says, no, you can't group that uh, your syndication with your rental properties and shelter, use those losses to shelter your income. So uh, just again, CPA dependent, make sure you consult with your CPA. Are you interested in learning more about owning your own portfolio cash flowing rentals? If so, we invite you to take our free mini course, the Crash Course in Cash Flowing Rentals. When you take our mini course, you'll learn the strategies we use to build our portfolio. You'll also get to see several of our students featured who have successfully built their own portfolios as well. To take our crash course, link to semiretiredmd.com forward slash mini course, M-I-N-I dash C-O-U-R-S-E, or visit our website at semiretiredmd.com and link to the crash course on cash flowing rentals there. You may also want to join a waitlist for our introductory course, Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals, while you're at our website too. We'll see you there. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semiretiredmd at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. Now, truth number five is the numbers can be easily manipulated. And if you have no idea what you're doing with a cash and cash calculator, you've never invested in real estate, you're looking at these complex cash and cash calculators that are going out five years. They have so many different variables and assumptions in them. You probably have no idea what you're looking at, and you're not going to be able to pressure test those assumptions. You're just relying on the syndicator's background to say, well, they've done well by people in the past, so they're probably going to do 
do well by me. But if you're an active investor and you can actually look at those numbers, sometimes you can see how easily they can be cooked and changing one or two variables can lead to totally different results. Um, and so act as active investors, sometimes we look at those numbers and we're like, oh my gosh, this is not a good deal. And we can see that other people can't. Yeah, this is a hard truth. And I hate to call it manipulation, but ultimately they want to make the deal look as good as possible so that they can encourage you to invest. And what's really scary when you really know how to analyze deals and you know how those numbers work is, like you said, just a small tweak. Uh, and we're talking really small changes in one or two variables, like you just said, man, I, that can make the whole difference. I do want to clarify that not everyone's purposely trying no, to manipulate either. Sometimes they don't have that much experience being syndicators. Mm -hmm. They may have started a year ago. They might actually own none of their own rental properties, which is extremely common among syndicators. They might've gone to a course and they learned some how to be syndicators and they didn't have real life experience and they're building these complex calculators. They can make mistakes too. So this just reinforces that if you're going to be a passive investor, make sure you go with somebody with a long track record, ideally somebody who owns their own properties, and then make sure that you have the knowledge to be able to check their assumptions, ideally from owning your own properties, because that's the way that you truly are able to look at them and say there are issues. And just remember, the syndicator has an incentive to make money. We just talked about how much money they can make. And the fees are really you know, large. We just talked about those fees. So regardless of how that property performs, they're still getting those fees. And those fees are greater than six figures in a lot of cases. And so again, just remember, there's a lot of incentive for them to raise that money and close on that, on that deal. And this is something we tell our students in our course all the time is you have to know how to do your own numbers. You cannot rely on your team members' numbers. You can't rely on your real estate agent to give you a cash and cash calculator and just take it at face value. You have to know how to do your own numbers. So this is not specific to syndications. In any single way, you must be responsible as an investor and have your own knowledge and mastery of their skill set. Otherwise, you're just shooting in the dark. Yeah, that's why we often say that people taking our courses, uh, you know, they're going to be much better positioned to analyze these deals and to know the difference between a good and a bad deal because they're doing that all the time on their own deals. Yep. All right, let's talk about truth number six. And so that one is about bonus depreciation. And if you don't know what bonus depreciation is, uh, this is, is a paper loss that you can create. And this is how you generate these massive losses that you can use to shelter income. And so what happens is that when when syndicators who put no money into the deal, they put no skin in the game, you know, what they do is they sometimes steal your bonus depreciation. And what I mean by that is that it's very clear from multiple conversations with real estate CPAs uh, that we've spoken to that if you don't have your own money in the deal as a GP, you're not supposed to claim any of that bonus depreciation. In other words, you're not supposed to claim any of those losses to shelter your own income. And the issue is, is that the deal sponsors oftentimes have little tricks for carving out some of that bonus depreciation for themselves. And in fact, you know, we had this opportunity with our own syndication when we bought 160 unit, we could have carved out a little bit of that bonus depreciation for ourselves, but we didn't choose to do any. Now we did for the portion of money that we put in, but what I'm saying is that we could have actually claimed a little bit extra 
for ourselves. And what that would what would have happened is the passive investors would have had less for themselves. And this is a pretty common practice. We've been in meetings where syndicators are talking about doing this and, and CPAs are saying you shouldn't be doing this. So we've actually seen it on both sides. And so just I, th- I think as an if you decide to be a passive investor, just make sure you have clarity as to whether or not you're getting all of the bonus depreciation you're supposed to be getting. And again, how much is the syndicator putting in of their own funds into the deal? And how much bonus depreciation are they taking out of the deal? All right. Truth number seven is investing in passive syndications is not passive uh, if you really want to do it well, right? If you want to make sure that you're choosing really good deals uh, and you want to have long-term success. And by long-term success, right? We said, you know, you're you're making 10 to 15% annually on average. So you have to do this over a lifetime and you have to be successful over a lifetime. And if you're going to do it really well, uh, at the end of the day, it's not a passive situation because... Yeah, because you have to vet the sponsor and there is some work that goes into that. But you also really need to do due diligence on the deal. Like we explained to you guys, you need to be understanding how the cash and cash calculator works and looking at the cash and cash calculator. And to get to that level, it does take some work. You've got to look at a lot of deals. You've got to look at a lot of cash and cash calculators to get facile, to understand what a good deal looks like, to understand where people can make mistakes in the cash and cash calculator and to be able to recognize them. And it's not something you're going to, necessarily have the first time you go out and you look at a deal. You've got to look at a lot of deals. You got to spend some time and energy and effort. And then you've got to vet a bunch of sponsors to find the right sponsor for you. So there is some work up front to do it well. Sure, you can get lucky once or twice, but over time, are you consistently going to get the results if you don't know what you're doing and you're shooting in the dark? Probably not. Yeah. And and the work is not just up front. I mean, it's an ongoing thing because what happens with these deals is that the property will sell. Uh, and oftentimes the timeline is around five years. And what's happened more recently is that uh, since the market has been so crazy and prices have gone up, uh, a lot of deal sponsors have been selling their properties. And so uh, I remember talking to somebody who invests a lot in passive syndications, and she was saying that a lot of her deals were closing and they were selling off their properties. And so she had all this money that she had to deploy. Of course, it's a good problem, right? But then she had to kind of go out and figure out, okay, where am I going to put this money? Because at this point, if it's just sitting there, it's not making me money. I have to put it into a new deal. So you know, it was back to square one. She had to go out and investigate all these different sponsors as well. As well as the deals to figure out, you know, which which of those deals were the best uh, choices for her. All right, and let's talk about the last truth, truth number eight, uh, which is that investing in syndications isn't as tax efficient as you may be led to believe. You know that there are definitely some tax efficiencies from syndications uh, because real estate in general is more tax efficient uh, than, let's say, investing in the stock market. But what we're specifically talking about is uh, when you own your own properties. When you sell your property, you can do something called a 1031 exchange. And that means that you can take all that capital gain and put it into the next deal tax deferred. In other words, you're not paying taxes. You're not paying the capital gains at that moment. You're deferring that to some point later down the road. You're kicking that can down the road until you sell your final property. Uh, and uh, and and you don't actually ever have to. You can 1031 uh, throughout your lifetime and, and get that tax deferral. And it operates much like a 401k where you're deferring those taxes for a long, long period of time. Well, with syndications, when the deal sponsor sells the property, um, again, you you don't have any control over that, uh, as you guys know, as being a passive investor. But when they choose to sell that property, at that point, you have a tax event and you have to pay capital gains. Uh, And every time you do that, 
you just have to realize that's extremely tax inefficient. And every time, every let's say you have to sell, let's pay capital gains every five years, that's really tax inefficient. Uh, and over a 30, 40 year time period, uh, investing in syndications, it's not not very tax efficient. And you know, we could probably do the numbers, um, but when you compare doing it with 1031s versus not doing 1031s, uh, you'll find that the investor who's doing 1031 throughout a lifetime is going to grow their wealth a lot faster than the person who keeps selling and paying those capital gains every five years. Yeah. And I think having listened to all this, maybe some of you out there are saying, boy, they just gave me like all these negatives of syndications. Like they really hate syndications. And that's not the case here. What we want to do is just make sure that people are completely aware of some of the places that you can have issues with a syndication. And then also some of the downsides of a syndication, as well as all those upsides that you're constantly being sold. And again, we have led syndications. We are honest about this this piece. And, and I think these are the questions that you need to be asking as a consumer when you go to evaluate a syndication and a questions you need to be asking about whether or not you want to own your own real estate. Because there's a reason that we're not doing syndications all day long. We're owning our own real estate is because for us as owners of, of rental properties, we are collecting all that money that we would be paying to a syndicator. We have now the control. We have all the tax savings. We have our renters. I mean, we're getting all of that. So uh, for us, just this is why direct ownership real estate investing is such a passion for us because we know we're getting those returns. Plus we have the control and uh, and we're never in a situation where we're relying on somebody else to have the skills to make money for us. We have the skills ourselves. Yeah. It's all about having a balanced perspective. And we just feel that you know, as an industry, it, it just feels like there's, uh, when you look at the marketing, it feels like it's very one-sided. And we wanted to make sure that we uncover these different truths so that you can ask your general partner, your the syndicator who is leading the deal, you can ask them these questions and also see, you know, what are they doing? Like with bonus depreciation, for example, right? Uh, that's something that most people don't know anything about. Um, and it, again, it's a huge benefit for you to have those bonus depreciation losses. And we want to make sure that you're getting the full benefit of these syndications uh, if you if you choose to invest in them. And one more thing I'm going to plug is if you're already investing in a syndication, try to learn as much as you can from the process so that you can start to see how this might be possible for you to do too. Um, when we, with our syndications that we lead, that we are on the GP side, we really try to provide education to our limited partners so they can start to see all the different pieces that we're putting in place to force appreciation, to get that cash flow, how we're thinking through things strategically so that they can start to get those skills because ultimately what's fulfilling for us is teaching people how to make money themselves, not making it for them. And so if you're already investing in syndication, look and see what's happening and try to learn from it and try to see if it's possible that you want to be active and own a rental down the road. Okay, that's all we had for you on the truth about investing in real estate syndications. If you have any comments or you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review. And of course, you can join us in Semi-Retired Physicians, which is our Facebook community, and uh, comment on this and we can have a conversation. Thank you all for joining us today. We'll see you next episode.
The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.